I'm in a series of sermons um, entitled God's Property. We're taking 1 Corinthians 6, 18, and 19. And it talks about giving your body to Christ and, and keeping yourself pure sexually. Now, I don't think I've ever done a series on sex. This might be the first time uh, in my 18 years as senior pastor here. Um, but we live in a day and an age where these things are necessary. We're just pummeled uh, with things from the world, the world's philosophy. And we need to really focus on what does God's word says? Because he has a lot to say about it. You know, he's not against sex. He invented it. But he has the right uh, boundaries for it. And that's between a man and a woman in marriage. That's where safety is. And that's the beauty of the creation he made. It's found within those boundaries. We're going to talk about not only our own hearts, but our homes today. I've entitled this sermon, Guarding Your Heart and Your Home. Psalm 101 verse 2 says this, I will be careful to lead a blameless life. That's the individual. But then it goes on to say, when will you come to me? I will walk in my house with blameless heart. So the Bible talks about purity and keeping our homes uh, safe as well. That's what that scripture is referring to. Now I want to give a little bit of a warning. If you have a child with you, uh, this might not be a good service for them to be in. You might be uncomfortable uh, because I'm going to be very blunt. I'm taking some reviews from um, the media, music, uh, movies, and uh, I'm, I'm real straightforward today. And unless you want to answer a lot of questions on the, on the way home, which you may, um, you, you might want to take uh, someone under 12 out of the sanctuary today. I'll leave that up to you as a parent, but I wanted to give you a warning. This is a PG sermon today uh, for, for sure. Um, but but here, here's the, the thought, you know, our, our opponents have strategies to win. We're talking sports a little bit today with these teams we saw. As a matter of fact, Alex and those coaches had a strategy going into that game. They were facing the number one pitcher in the state for 3A, the player of the year. He was 14-0, hadn't lost all year. Had an ERA of .89. That's less than one run a game that was scored on him. And um, he threw in the upper 80s, which is pretty good for a high school kid. And so as they faced him, I called Alex the night before and said, how are you going to beat these guys? Because that pitcher has carried them all the way through. And he said, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play small ball. We're going to bunt. They don't field the ball well. They're going to get confused. And when we get players on, we're going to make key hits. We're going to get key hits. And I went to that game and I could not believe it. It's, it's, it's like he wrote the script. They bunted, the team didn't field well on those bunts, they got on base, and bam, they got big key hits, and they beat that guy 7-2. to two. He had a strategy. Now, if their opponent had known their strategy, I bet they would have worked on bunts. What do you think? Now, what, what I'm, and fielding, and making sure that they, uh, they did things well, but they weren't ready for what came at them. Now, I'm saying that to say this, the enemy has a strategy. And I'm going to talk to you about his strategy today to defeat you and your home and your family. And I'm telling you so you can prepare and make sure that he doesn't get to you. And here's my first point in this sermon, guarding your heart and your home. It's just that the enemy has a strategy to bring you and your family down. Just be aware of that. Do you ever even think about that? Oh, the enemy's out to get my kids? I hope you do think about it. I hope you do think about ways to guard your home, your family, your own life. Here's how the Bible speaks of the devil in, in Revelation 12, 9. The great dragon was hurled down. The ancient, ancient serpent, interesting, called the serpent, 
called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. Here's the truth. If there's a God, then there's a devil. Because the Bible speaks of him as a, as a real entity. He comes to, as it says in John 10.10, 10, the thief's purpose, speaking of the devil, is to steal, kill, and destroy. So it's really true that there's an enemy who's like a serpent who comes to steal, kill, and destroy your family, and you need to be aware, and you need to build your strategy to defeat him. There was an emotional 911 call that came in, posted on ABC News July 2nd, 2009. I almost played the 911 call for you, but it was too distressing and too emotional. I decided not to do it. I'm going to read it to you. This man called and said, it's an emergency, the baby's dead. Barely able to communicate between sobs, Charles Darnell told the operator, our stupid snake got out in the middle of the night and strangled the baby. WFTV in Orlando, Florida reported that the snake, a python, was about eight feet, eight inches long. Basically, the snake was put away last night in an aquarium, an officer said. He woke up this morning, discovered the snake was missing, ran into the infant's bedroom and saw the snake on top of the child. Carruthers said the owner stabbed the snake to remove it from the child and emergency officials were notified with the call at 9.53, but the child was pronounced dead at the scene shortly after they arrived at 10 a.m. After it was stabbed, the snake slithered away under the dresser in the infant's bedroom, Carruthers said. The python belonged to Darnell, who did not have a required state license to possess the snake. Now, I know that's dramatic, and I'm, I'm not usually one who uses stories to shock. I don't like it very much. But here's the reason I'm sharing that today. I am hopeful that this sermon will wake you up to understand that the enemy is called a serpent, that the, that the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants your kids. And I'm hoping that story will help us to understand because it says in 1 Peter 5.8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. You know, the devil's called a serpent. The Bible says he's trying to destroy. He doesn't live in an aquarium in this sense that we're talking about today, but he can sometimes be found on TVs and homes. He can be found on a computer monitor screen. He can even be found on an iPhone, this serpent. And if we're not careful before you know it, that python is around the leg of our child. And we just need to make sure we don't allow these things to come into our home and that we make sure as far as it depends on us, our children are gonna be safe. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. He has a strategy to bring you down. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the strategy. The enemy uses people and mediums to subtly pull believers away. When I say mediums, I mean mediums of communication there. And it's subtle. It'll start with just the vain philosophies of the world. And it'll start to penetrate hearts and minds. Then he'll, he'll have sexual philosophies that he gets children to buy into because parents will use a TV or computer as a babysitter and not know really what's coming through in their children's hearts and lives. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition 
and basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. The vain philosophies are permeating the mediums of communication in America and if they go unrestrained, unblocked, and there's no contention, if there's no fight to keep them from our children, our children will be wounded and hurt. Now, if you're a young parent today, this is probably better for you than anyone else to hear. Because if you have a teenager and you have not tried to guard them along the way, it's a pretty tough fight at this juncture, if you pick it up right now. It's a, it's a fight that should be fought, but it's not going to be as easy. If you're a young parent, then you need to set in your heart and mind today, I'm going to try to be careful to make sure that I protect my family. And if you think they don't need to be protected, I, this is going to be the yuckiest thing you've ever heard in a sermon this next 10 minutes. I'm choosing to be straight up with you and show you what is really going on in the world because you think, well, it's not that bad and come on, just because you watch it doesn't mean that it, it really affects you deeply. But let me, let me just give you some reviews that came from a Christian website called PluggedIn.com. It's to show believers what's actually happened. Here's some lyrics from, <clears throat> I was gonna call her Lady Kaka, but I, I won't do that. I'll just call her Lady Gaga. I, uh, I have compassion for her. She needs to know Jesus Christ as her savior. I'm not against her, but I, I'm here to tell you today that the enemy is using her to share his vain philosophy. It's the same spirit Madonna had a generation ago, only things are worse that are being said because everything's worse now. It's not, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it was bad. It is really bad now. I mean, our forefathers, some preachers tried to tell us and we didn't listen and now it's permeated our culture. Did you know if Christians didn't listen to this music and go to these movies, that it would change the whole industry and cleaner stuff would come through because 70% of America says they're Christians. Now that's not true, but that's what 70% says. And if we stopped doing this, the whole industry would change, but we're buying into it ourselves. Here's some lyrics from her song called Judas, and it's sacrilegious. It's more than just sexual. I mean, it's, it's an attack on, on faith. Here's Lady Gaga from her song Judas. Whoa, 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 I'm in love with Judas, Judas. I'm just a holy fool. Oh baby, it's so cruel, but I'm still in love with Judas, baby. I'll bring him down, bring him down. Down a king with no crown. King with no crown. In the most biblical sense, and I find it interesting that she speaks about God, Jesus, and the Bible in her lyrics, when really, she doesn't care about any of that. She just wants to destroy faith. Listen to this. In the most biblical sense, I am beyond repentance. Fame, hooker, prostitute, wench, vomits her mind. But in the cultural sense, I just speak in future tense. Judas, kiss me if offense. Oh, wear ear condom next time. Jesus is my virtue. She's talking about Jesus for. Judas is the demon I cling to. That might be true. Because there's a spirit that attaches, the same way there's a spirit of God that'll attach itself to the music that happened today and attaches itself to the speaking that can happen from a preacher and hopefully that'll happen today. There's an evil spirit that can attach itself to communication that goes forward to kids as well. And I believe that she may be telling us what's going on when she says, the demon I cling to. Here's her song, Born This Way. Now, I don't want to deny that these artists and this music is, is that they're talented and gifted. There's no need to deny that. They're really gifted. She, she's a gifted lady. She, she's lyrically uh, got, got obvious gifts. But... What I'm saying is it's trash and we shouldn't listen to it. 
It may be packaged great, but when you open it up, it's not so good. I mean, if you got a package that said Tootsie Roll and you opened it up and it was feces just because it had a nice package, you wouldn't eat it, would you? I hope you wouldn't. And that's, that's all I'm saying here is don't eat this stuff. Don't consume it. It doesn't matter how good you may think it is or how great the, 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 the music uh, might be. And here's our song. And this message almost can seem like a good message. And so many kids are being influenced by this lady. But she says from this song, Born This Way, my mama told me when I was young, we were all born superstars. She rolled my hair and put on my lipstick in the glass of her boudoir. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, because he made you perfect, babe. So far, that's not such a bad message, right? It's kind of self-love, which is beyond the scriptures as well. But it's not terrible yet. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far. Listen to when I say I'm beautiful in my way. And here she is, her and God, just like this. She's acting like, because God made no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. Now, now we start to see the real heart. And the, the deal is, at first, if you're a parent, you probably can't even hear this. when you're, This song is playing uh, when you're out in the mall and in the restaurants, you don't even know it, but you've probably heard this song. And, and, and by the way, these are not remote artists or movies or, or TV shows that I'm gonna talk about today. They're all mainstream, number one stuff in America right now. Happening right now, this stuff is number one. This is one of the most popular songs in America. Might be the most sung, listened to song in the last month in, in all of America. But listen where she starts to bring in the vain philosophies of the world. A different lover is not a sin. No, God made her this way, she's saying at first. And think of how this could permeate the hearts of young minds. Believe, capital H-I-M, hey, 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 whether you're broke or evergreen, you're black, white, beige, chola, descent, you're Lebanese, you're Orient, whether life stabilities left you outcast, bullied, or teased. And see, that's not a bad message, is it? But she mixes all this other junk in with it. Rejoice and love yourself today because, baby, you were born this way. Now listen to the last verse. No matter gay, straight, or bi, lesbian, transgendered life, I'm on the right track, baby. I was born to be brave. That's the stuff that's in what our kids are tempted with today. How about Rihanna? Rihanna is a Jamaican lady who's really popular, beautiful lady. She's got an album called S&M. And when I first heard that, I thought, surely that doesn't mean what it sounds like right, that she would make the title of her album about sadism and masochism sexually. But you go to it and you, you look at the lyrics and sure enough, that's what it's about. Here's her title song. Now, what I find interesting is if you go look up the lyrics for Rihanna, you'd find a Christian song that talks about Jesus and it looks as solid as can be all the way through from top to bottom. And then the next song is this junk. And, and there's a duplicity that's going on. I'll read a scripture about that, but here's the deal. If it's some good and half bad, don't listen to it, right? Again, you, don't, you, you, you might have good meatloaf, but if, but if you make it 50% feces, it's, it's, not, it's not something you want to you consume, right? It may look good. They may even get it to taste good, but it's not good for you. And, and, and so, so here's what she said in her song, um, title song from the album, S&M. This is a young, I mean, it's just hard to believe this is in music these days. This is, this is out there right now as one of the number one albums in the nation. I think it was number one at, in the last few weeks. Feels so good being bad. There's no way I'm turning back, she says. Now the pain is my pleasure because nothing could measure. Love is great, love is fine. Out of the box, out of line. The affliction of the feeling leaves me wanting more because I may be bad, but I'm perfectly good at it. Sex in the air, I don't care. I love the smell of it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but chains and whips excite me. 
That, that's what our kids have to deal with these days, kids in this culture. And here's, here's my thought. Are you aware of what your kids listen to? I mean, if you, if, if you haven't thought about it from now on, especially young parents, I'd like you to think about helping direct them with their music. Take them out and help them buy good music. It doesn't even have to be Christian. It can be amoral. And, and you know, Taylor Swift and, and, and other artists that are out there that, that aren't gonna hurt your kids. Justin Bieber, you may not like him, but he's not gonna hurt your kids. <laughs> and Christian music, there's so much great Christian music that's out there. What if you start to cultivate and help them early on in their lives and be proactive in helping them get music? Because what'll happen is they'll develop some taste. That, are, that, that drift towards stuff that's healthy for them, but, but be aware of, of what they listen to. I, I remember when I was a young man, uh, I knew a, another preacher's kid. I was a preacher's boy, and, and this preacher's, uh, it, this, his young son told me one time that, that he had Nazareth, um, trying to, Judas Priest, and somebody else he's listening to. It's, it, I mean, really, there's satanic roots in some of that music. And his dad looked at his albums, it's a long time ago, and, and said, um, son, I'm so glad you took an interest in Christian music. I mean, he, he didn't even know that, you know, Nazareth sounds Christian, right? It's in the Bible. He didn't know, how much do you know about what your kids are involved in? Uh, um, I, I, just, I just think this is good to know. And, and, and I talked to you about duplicity and how they say some good things and some bad things, and your kids will argue with, about that sometimes. But Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Duplicity is a word that means hypocrisy. Saying one thing but doing another thing. So just because there's some good mixed in there, um, it, it, it doesn't mean that it's consumable. And, and then here's Katy Perry. I went back a few years to a song she wrote. This, is, this, this lady is a preacher's daughter who's gone astray. And she wrote a song called I Kissed a Girl. And it goes like this. It was, as a matter of fact, this girl was saved at a Donnie Moore camp years ago when she was a little girl and filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as Donnie says. And, and, and then she came out and went, a, and went astray. Uh, and Donnie's talked to me about, uh, about this young lady being in camps. Well, now she's famous, but for the wrong things. She says in her lyrics, there was never, this was never the way I planned, not my intention. I got so brave, drinking hand, lost my discretion. It's not what I'm used to, just want to try you on. I'm curious, for you caught my attention. I kissed a girl and I liked it. The taste of her cherry chapstick. Now, these are number one songs in America that have, that have happened, you guys. You, you may not hear the lyrics uh, well when you hear the song, but they're in there. I kissed a girl just to try it. I hope my boyfriend doesn't mind it. It felt so wrong, it felt so right. Don't mean I'm in love tonight. I kissed a girl and I liked it. Us girls, we're so magical. Soft skin, red lips, so kissable. Hard to resist, so touchable. Too good to deny it. Ain't no big deal, it's innocent. Then here's her song, more recent, uh, from her album, and this song is California Girls. California Girls, we're unforgettable. Daisy Dukes, bikinis on top, sun-kissed skin, so hot. We'll melt your popsicle sex on the beach. We don't mind sand in our stilettos. We freak in my Jeep. Snoop Doggy Dog on the stereo. And then Snoop Dogg says, wild, wild West Coast. These are the girls I love the most. I mean the ones. I mean like she's the one. Kiss her, touch her, squeeze her buns. And honestly, the rest is so dirty. Believe it or not, I am editing some today. I can't, I don't want to say the rest uh, of, of the song today. That's what our kids are dealing with in music. And then movies, how about that? Let's talk about Hangover 2 
for just a moment. And don't raise your hand if you saw it this week, all right? Because this really isn't just about kids, let's be honest, right? I mean, that python's after all of us. That gradual desensitization is to get you leaning forward on a slope that eventually you go down. And I'm telling you, better men and women of God than you have been deceived by this stuff and gradually desensitized and then the enemy got them and caused great devastation. Hangover 2, here's the review. While retracing their steps, the guys returned to a brothel. There it's revealed that Stu had sex the previous night with a hermaphrodite prostitute. Several female and male prostitutes are walking around fully nude. The guys also spend quite a bit of time discussing past and present sexual interludes, watching someone else have sex, someone's gayness, the size of Stu's fiance's chest, the humor they find in being sexually stimulated by a monkey. A Russian club owner offers the sexual services of a child for $2,000. Most popular movie in America right now. As a matter of fact, it's the biggest... The first week had the highest sales in the history of America for an R-rated comedy, over $130 million. And that's, that's what we've come to. There's over 100 F and S words mingled into the movie. And God and Jesus' names are each misused about 10 times. Let's talk about another movie that was popular just a couple weeks ago, still out, called Bridesmaids. It's supposed to be the first... Uh, Girls hanging out kind of movie. It's PG-13, so you'd think it'd be better, right? The other ones are. I'm just talking about knowing, I mean, the, the good thing about going to some of these sites, and I'll show you some of them today to find out the content, is you don't have to walk in after paying 10 or 12 bucks and then walk out. You can know what's in there before you go, and don't go if you know it's bad. But here's, here's Bridesmaids. The movie opens with an adult sleepover, Annie's having sex with Ted, Though she's in skimpy underwear, the camera shows her moving into explicit sexual positions with Ted and listens in as they talk about what they're doing and how they're performing. Rita begs Annie for a bachelorette trip with strippers and a glamour, and glamour rather, so she can fantasize about it while having sex with her husband. She and her husband have sex all the time, she says, but it's not romantic or nurturing. Now remember last week I told you perversion is to take that which is outside the boundaries of God and try to make it sound good and that which is inside the boundaries of God and try to make it sound bad. That's perversion too. And I said the media today is even look, making, because God's boundaries are sex with the man and the woman inside the marriage. That's the confines. That's safety. And that's even beautiful. And, and God didn't place uh, restrictions there. But they try to make that look like a boring, terrible thing and, and nobody can really handle it, right? They're perverting it both ways. And here's a case in point of what I said last week. Then it says, Becca talks about her new husband only agreeing to sex in very clean, dark conditions. Again, making that uh, sex and marriage look not so good. And she confides that she's never had sex with any other man. The two women end up kissing after their conversation. Rita insists that every girl needs her slutty college years to figure out her womanhood. Really? I mean, what, do you know what can trigger in a 17-year-old girl's mind when she hears that? You may not. But she, she says, because she's not hearing anything like this in church, or maybe not hearing at home sometimes, she says, well, I guess everybody, you know, has experiments and does their thing. But here's the deal. They don't, it's like the beer commercials, you know, the, 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 the Budweiser ones are the funniest ones, right? I mean, they, they are funny. 
but they never show you the fat guy with the beer belly beating his wife. They never show you the reality of, of what, what happens when people get messed up on this stuff, right? And these guys, they don't show. Now, let me tell you what it really is. Really, it, the, the slutty college years, you just need to experiment. How about you lose the ability to have intimacy when you get to a marriage? Because you've been with so many guys, you're carrying them into the bed with you with your thoughts and your, your brain. How about the pain of a husband having to deal with knowing that his wife's been in multiple relationships, wondering if she'll be faithful for the rest of her life with him when she hasn't been faithful to God before? How about a marriage that's destroyed because she takes that life and moves into it while she's in a marriage and sleeps with other people? And I know you could flip this and talk about a guy doing the same thing, and it might even be more common, but I'm addressing what they said there. How about life being destroyed and marriage broken up all because of those early years they gave themselves over to something that was a snake that was wrapped around their leg? How about that? They don't tell you about that stuff. Annie drives topless to provoke Rhodes. Megan and a man she meets on a plane are briefly seen making a sex tape. Oral sex is referenced or solicited multiple times in other contexts in the movie in crude detail. Prostitution, both heterosexual and homosexual, is joked about in the movie. That's bridesmaids. Now, here, here's, here's what, I, what I say. For parents, first of all, you are not called to primarily be your child's friend. So if you give way and let them go sleep in a place where there's a, there's a python, you're still responsible. Dads, let me talk to you for a moment. I, re- I really believe men should lead, and I think you should lead here by saying, not in my house, not with my kids. And I say, it's one thing to have your kids, you know, you can be a great parent and still have kids go astray. I mean, let's be honest, that happens, right? But you got a better chance if you're watching it and trying and walking with them and loving them and monitoring what's going on. And I think the attitude should be, not in my home. You're going to have to climb over me and go through me to get to that junk. I'm not going to step back and just give you free access. Sometimes it's worth the fight. Now, I don't want fighting. Really, I don't. But are we willingly going to let them so they'll like us move into this stuff? I, don't, I think we should fight that fight and say, I love you too much to let you do that. You say, well, they might do it behind your back. Well, listen. I feel a lot better about him doing behind my back instead of me saying do it in front of my face, right? I mean, wouldn't that, I mean, I'm in this to bless, to help, to to protect. Well, in that movie, there's 20 F words and and, uh, 30 S words and God's name is misused 20 times and Christ's name is misused twice as well. How about television? There's a cartoon out there. How bad can a cartoon be, right, on television? Let's talk about Family Guy for a moment. Oh, now we're hitting uh, more than just kids here, huh? Here's the premise for the show. Most episodes are rife, that's R-I-F-E, with sexually themed gags, including a reoccurring pedophilic character who tries to lure teen boys into his house, and that's, that's comedy, I guess. And many episode, episodes dabble in racism. One in 2011 demeans the work of Alcoholics Anonymous and denigrates Christianity in the same breath. And by the way, they're taking shots at Christianity all through these movies and shows. Here's from a May 22nd episode, 2011, just a few weeks ago, show the family guy called It's a Trap. References are made in this TV show to masturbation, menstruation, incest, homosexuality, rubbing body parts on food as a joke, 
Sometimes uh, somebody rather makes an anti-Semitic remark. We hear several curse words and bleeped obscenities as well as misuses of God's name. Here's an episode from March 6 of The Family Guy. A sex-obsessed neighbor asked Lois to have sex with him before zipping away, leaving handcuffs, a gerbil, a porn magazine behind. References are made to PMS, gambling addictions, pedophilia, and smuggling cocaine. What a sweet little cartoon Family Guy is. Several obscenities are uttered and God's name is misused about a dozen times. Now, if you think that you can watch that on a regular basis and it won't affect you, you're deceived. And that's what the enemy does. He, he works through subtle deception to move people to a place where, where, where all their, their morals and their, and, and their protection are broken down and eventually, eventually, he gets his shots in and... and, and turns people away from from Christ. That's his plan. Here's a show called Glee. Again, these are the most popular shows on TV. These are not remotely out there that nobody's watching and I just pulled the worst stuff. This is the most popular stuff on TV. Glee, again, we won't doubt that they're talented producers, that the writers uh, are good writers and know what they're doing, that the filming and the singing, hey, they're all talented. But again, it is a bunch of feces wrapped in this. That's what it is spiritually this episode in 2010 is called grilled cheeses this is the the series glee finn's cheese sandwich comes off the heat with an image of christ burned onto it he promptly calls it a grilled cheeses and prays to his cheesy lord several times now you know you think well that could be funny you might even laugh at it right but the point is that they're they're denigrating christ and they're 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 slowly tearing down what is sacred? When all of his prayers are answered Finn, uh, for Finn, including getting to second base with his girlfriend, Finn thinks he has a direct line with God. His euphoria doesn't last long, though. School counselor Emma tells him God doesn't work through sandwiches, and he quickly feels abandoned and doubtful, launching into a passionate rendition of R.E.M.'s song, Losing My Religion, and then he eats the sandwich. Sue, meanwhile, protests a spiritual song being sung on public school property. Emma says they're using it to comfort Kurt, whose father is comatose after a heart attack. Sue says, and catch this, asking someone to believe in a fantasy, however comforting, isn't a moral thing to do. It's cruel. Now they're, they're changing morality. And if you're watching this and you're not in this word and you're not in a church like this on a regular basis, then, then this isn't moral. What's moral is what they're saying and what they make up in their heads. And it's not moral for people to tell others what's right is what they're saying. Well, listen, the, the, the whole point is God's word is what's right. And you can't make this stuff up. I mean, if everybody did what they wanted to do, let's transfer that for just a moment to the traffic laws. What if all of a sudden anybody could do anything they wanted on the road? They could drive 150 miles an hour on I-5 if their car would do it. They could ignore stop signs. We just pull them away. Do you know how many people will get wounded and hurt and killed? Those laws are to protect us, help us, and bless us, to restrain us from harmful behavior. These laws, this truth, is to protect us, bless, and help us. There's chaos on the road, and there'll be chaos in our lives if we ignore the truths of the word. Well, see if I can find my place here. Emma thinks Sue is being arrogant, to which Sue retorts, it's as arrogant as telling someone how to believe in God and if they don't accept it, no matter how open-hearted or honest their descent, they're going to hell. Well, that doesn't sound very Christian, does it? 
And so we have totally non-Christians, anti-Christians defining to believers what Christian is. They don't even know. Emma is silenced, of course. There's no good comeback. They want to make it look like Christians are stupid. Kurt says God is like Santa Claus for adults and calls him an evil dwarf. He also calls him the great spaghetti monster in the sky. And that could be funny, I guess. You know, you, could, you might find yourself laughing. But the whole point is, it's this desensitization and it's making a kid think Christians are stupid and I better not let people know I'm one. It happens, you guys. I'm just being honest with you. I'm 50 now. And I've, I've seen a number of young people grow up in the ministry and I can tell you, the ones that don't have guarded values are the ones that go astray the most. And they end up in trouble. That's the experience that I've seen and had as we watch. And that's part of the beauty of what we're trying to do at this school. Because I want to tell you something. And I know this may irritate some people, but public schools pretty much do the same thing in, in many cases. I mean, they'll tell you you're all going to have sex. They'll give you a banana and say, put a condom on that. Now go out and have fun, kids, because we know that's how you are. That happens. I'm just telling you. They'll tell your kids that 10% of them are homosexuals. And they better figure it out or commit suicide. I know this is happening in public schools. I can't say it's happening in all, but it's happening in some in Oregon. And they're teaching them that if they don't accept that as a value, that they are bigots. We'll talk a little bit about that um, next week when it comes to some of those values uh, that I just spoke of. But we have to protect our kids. We have to have conversations about this. And I would say to a teenager, maybe you're here and your parents don't know the Lord. I would say to you, you take these values. You follow God. You trust him and blessing will come your way. I'm telling you, you can stand for Jesus and have an awesome life. You don't have to fall for what the enemy puts in front of you. The kids that'll try to pull you in, you'll find them devastated and hurting and wounded. I remember at Dallas High School when I was a young man and I would stand for for values that my parents had given to me and I got made fun of some. But I just smiled and played sports and had fun and had Christian friends and reached out to buddies that didn't know the Lord as well. But the guys that made fun of me ended up in major pain in their lives after breakups and heartache. And who do you think they came to secretly to talk to about it? I was shocked. They came to me. And they said they were hurting and they asked for help. The, the, the world is lying to you. God's way is the best way. He comes to give life and to give it abundantly. He gives you sexuality in a way that won't hurt you or wound you ever. You're not being ripped off when you wait, when you restrain yourself, when you wait for his boundaries and his confines. You're being blessed and your long-term future will be good. Here's the plan of the enemy. Short-term pleasure, long-term pain. Write that down. Short-term pleasure, long-term pain. God didn't come to take away your fun. He came to take away your pain. Here's the plan of God. Restraint and long-term fulfillment. Peace. Joy when you follow his way. Well, here's another episode of Glee. It's an episode called Hell O. Sue is reinstated after she blackmails the principal by drugging his wine during dinner and getting him in bed then threatening to tell his wife and his church congregation. It's interesting how they're bringing church and Jesus and God into all this stuff and they're, they're, re- they're really trying to turn kids away and turn them off about Christianity. 
In that episode, two girls offer to make out with each other for the pleasure of their shared date. So this is probably the most popular kids show on TV. A gay choir member tells others he feels like Lady Gaga. We hear several curses, both spoken and sung, about 20 times in the episode. And then there are misuses of God's name. And I could talk about Modern Family and Mad Men and many others that espouse the same values that will hurt adults just like they hurt kids if, if, we get, if, we, if we make that a regular part of our input. Second Peter 3.17, dear friends, since you already know about this, be careful. It's the Bible now. That all the, that's all the yucky stuff, I'm done with it. You're gonna go away and say, I heard the dirtiest stuff in church that I've ever heard today in my, my life. But understand that, that it's, it's about awareness for safety for our kids. It's about not bringing the python into our house, Right? Since you already know this, be careful. Do not let those evil people lead you away by the wrong they do. Be careful so you'll not fall from your strong faith. And if there are people who say this doesn't affect me or teens who say it doesn't affect me, let me just read this to you. Research shows that kids who watch sexual activity on TV and in movies tend to become more sexually active. In a study published in 2006 by the American Academy of Pediatrics, not a Christian study, secular study, Researchers studied 1,017 adolescents between the ages of 12 and 14, and they found this, that teens exposed to high amount of sexual media were 2.2 times more likely, that's over 200% more likely, to have had intercourse between the ages of 14 and 16 than teens with less exposure. They go on to say one explanation for the increase in sexual activity is the entertainment industry's role as peer. In an age when parents rarely talk to their children about sex, it says the media becomes an educator, teaching that sex is fun and there are no risks. Researchers suggest that teenagers exposed to a large amount of sexual media may begin to adopt the media's social norm as their own. Some, especially those who have fewer alternative sources of sexual norms, such as parents or friends, may use the media as a kind of sexual superpeer that encourages them to be sexually active. Surprise, surprise. You know, um, w- there's an overreaction sometimes in the, in the church. I'm speaking of the Church of America now, and some time ago, and it, it's, it seems good in its own right uh, when you think about it, but someone said, we're, we're really good at telling people what, we, what we're against, but we're not good at telling them what we're for. And then, you know, there's some truth in that in the church. We're for love, we're for God, we're for truth. But did you know that there are some don'ts in here too? And, and what happened is we got so afraid to say don't do that because we thought we might be called legalistic that preachers in America have left the church vulnerable because they didn't have the courage to say these things. Right? The Bible talks about it. Why do we have to be afraid to talk about it? Well, someone might put us down. We might, be, we might look stupid. Well, I gave that up a long time ago. I'm not in a popularity contest. The Bible says where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And I believe, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I believe it. I believe that preachers in America have left the church uncovered because they don't have the courage to speak the truth. There's a bunch of righteous people out there. I don't mean to act like, you know, we're me and I'm the only one who knows. And I I humbly say, my, my heart is to share the truth in love. 
And I'm praying that God will give us a bunch of preachers who share the truth without fear or favor. How about hearing sex and music? Teens who listen to raunchy music, sex-filled lyrics are more likely to indulge in early sexual activity than teens who don't, a survey revealed. It's a survey of 1,461 teenagers between the ages of 12 and 17. Natasha Ramsey, the editor of the magazine, talking about the survey, said teens will try to deny it. They'll say, no, it's not the music, but it is the music. It is one of the biggest impacts on our lives. We have to be aware that the enemy's plan is to subtly grip our lives and the lives of our children with this filth. We have to be careful not to let it in our homes and the hearts and minds of our kids as much as we can possibly protect them. We need to do it. Third thought here, God gives you guidelines and his power to help you overcome. So let's talk about those guidelines. Three things. A, give the right input and direction. Proverbs 22.6, direct your children. Take hold of it. Direct them onto the right path and when they're older, they will not leave it. Go out of your way to give the right input to your kids. How often do you talk to them about the Bible? Do you read it in your house? Do you have scriptures on your refrigerator? Do you have them framed somewhere? One of the ones I always love, and I'll I'll refer to that scripture in a moment, I see it in several homes when I visit from time to time. It's from Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I just love that. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. It's just saying, hey, we're gonna be careful and cautious. We're gonna love, we're gonna be positive, but we're not gonna act like it's okay to have a, a python in our house because it's not okay. You can direct them to the Bible, to church. And I just wanna say, my goodness, you know, I'm talking straight about this and, and, and I hope it's helpful, but do you, do you know how hard our youth pastor labors to bring series of messages to kids who go through this onslaught from their schools and their friends. And he's trying to speak of righteousness and blessing and purity and you're not sending your kids? Are you kidding me? Do you not know what world we live in? I needed all the help I could get. We've had three youth pastors that have been awesome to my kids, every one of them. They have been life changers. They have blessed me because sometimes a parent can't be heard the same way as as a youth pastor can or a friend. And I I just want to say to you, take advantage of this stuff. Direct them to good entertainment and good role models. I spoke of that earlier. Deuteronomy 11, speaking of family, says, so commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as a reminder. They're saying be proactive. And Philippians 4, you guys are going to unpack this in your life groups, small groups this week. Some of you are, I mean, there's such great parents here. Let me just give you a little tip. If you see someone who's a little bit ahead of you in their childbearing years and they've done well, you know, largely they're just kids who make great decisions sometimes. Thank God for them, amen? Because we're just blessed sometimes to have kids who make good decisions. But there are some parents who've done really well as well. And if you see a family where parents have raised their kids or are close to years or maybe four or five years ahead and you like the product that's coming out, would you just get with them and say, hey, how are you doing that? Tell me about your home. And in small groups, you can unpack that a little bit this week because you're gonna talk about this scripture. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, lovely, and admirable. 
And so you'll talk about that in small groups and you can share things that are working for you and your family and, and, and it'll be a blessing to you. So I, I'm glad the small groups are gonna talk about that this week. And, and then secondly, as we're talking about guidelines, block the wrong input. Just block it. Here's what it says in the Bible, 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Stay away from evil. Stay away from every kind of evil. So, I mean, you make sure your eyes, your feet, your heart can't even be hit by this stuff. Now, here's how it works. Some of you say, oh boy, I'm not sure we've done so good. Look, uh, the worst thing would be is if you know and you realize that, the, that your house isn't as safe as it should be and that maybe you're even vulnerable with some of the stuff you're watching. Here's the deal. All my life, the Word and the people of God have confronted me with good preaching, with things in my life that need to be changed. And here's what I try to do. Because I'm just like you, right? You think the enemy doesn't know where I can be tempted? You think he's not trying to hit me? He's trying to hit me. He's trying to hit you. He knows where you're weak. And he'll try to hit you too. But I try to put up so many roadblocks in my life that it's just hard for him to crash them. Some people think that I go overboard. I don't have, I won't have, uh, we have cable, but, we, but I, don't, I don't want the, the movie show channels with HBO and all the filth that can come in. Now, if you, you can block it, and, and I, I'm not saying it, you know, that, that, that you're unrighteous if you have that, but you better block it. Because otherwise, some innocent eyes, because, you know, we all have six, six TVs these days and 14 iPods laying all over, and, you know, all this stuff, they're going to see stuff that maybe you didn't plan for them to see. The computer screen, stuff's going to come up. If you don't block it, then they're going to be hit at a time and vulnerable when you didn't even know they were being hit. I'm just saying, set up roadblocks. Now, pull out the bulletin insert. I told you we'd give you some practical help today. It's on the screen as well for you. I'm putting it on here so you can catch it on the podcast. If you lose this, you can go on the podcast. This is a wealth of information right here. This is tremendous stuff in this day and age. And I just want to point out a few things. There's a Sterling Communications that will block computers from filth that comes in. They're a local company. And, and we use them. They, they, they do great. And I'm not getting any benefit from that. If anybody's, you know, monetarily, I'm, I'm just telling you they do a good job. Um, Integrity Online can block internet stuff. Um, I, I want to encourage you, one, one of the free ones is X3 Watch. You see that about halfway down that first co- column? That's free. And you can have an accountability partner where you put your information in. And uh, when you use X3 Watch, whatever you're on that is... Um, a suspect um, site, th- then your accountability partner will be notified and say, hey, they were on this site. And then they can call you and go, hey, what's going on? Because they'll get an email saying that you were, and I'm telling you, accountability is a key. I need accountability. You need accountability. And, and if you're vulnerable at all, you could make your accountability partner your wife. I, I, you know, I, 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 I believe in that. I really do, because if there's something that's going astray and you and your wife take hands and you pray, do you know how that dest- the enemy works in secrecy? That destroys the work of the devil when a, when a man and a wife pray together over where the enemy's trying to get them. Well, and then uh, let's, puresight.com is really good too, but here's what I'd encourage you to do. Take this stuff, go home, explore some of these sites and, and figure out a way. Don't just go through life letting what happened happens or letting what happens happen. Take charge. Be proactive. Be careful in your home, in your house, for your own heart and for the hearts of your family. And then the, the media, the, the halfway down, I, there's several sites there. You can find out what's in these shows, what's on the TV programs. Um, 
it's just great today that, that you can even order on uh, you know, cable uh, or Netflix or stuff. You can just order whatever you want to watch. You don't have to watch whatever comes up in front of you anymore. You can go on, a, on your computer and do a program for your kids and not even have TV. I know a great parent in this church doesn't even let their kids watch TV. And they're awesome kids. You think, oh, they're depriving them. Really? I don't know. They seem great to me. And, and I'm not saying that everybody should do that, but I'm saying it's not a bad idea. You know, it's, it's certainly working for that family. And, and, but plugged in online, the reason I like that one best, let me tell you why, because they, uh, they review video games, movies, music. It's comprehensive. It's, it's Christian. It'll give you an orientation um, uh, to what's going on so you don't have to go watch Filth and walk out of a movie and you're protecting your family as well. And then the mobile phones, X3 Watch that I spoke of earlier works on mobile phones as well. And then for television, hey, all cable boxes uh, uh, and satellite cable boxes have the ability to block content based on rating. And here's what I say. Dads, take charge and say what's gonna be blocked. Mom, you hold all the passwords. I just think that's just a good way to do it because guys are tempted about this stuff more than, more than ladies are, right? And, 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 and for the most part. And so, so just block stuff, block ratings, block programs. Don't let it in. Don't let it into your, you, you know, you, you don't have to get rid of cable. You do need to get rid of, of, of filth. And, and so there's TV Guardian and other things. I hope you'll look at that resource and use it. it, it uh, some staff members took some time to put it together for you. And I think it'll be a, a great, great blessing. So um, Joshua 24, 15, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's what you're saying. I gotta move quicker here. And, and the third thing I would say is build strong relationships with your kids. Rules without relationship equal rebellion. Dad, mom, if every time you assert yourself into your teenager's life, it's about what not to do, communication's gonna get skewed. If you're telling them stay away from this and don't do this, but you're not walking with them, you don't have a relationship with them, you're not hanging out, then, then they'll lose respect at some point. And, and we need to fight for relationship with our kids. Listen to the way these values are being communicated in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. Teach them to your children. Now, now look at all these things. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. And I, I have that in, in your notes today that one of the words you're writing in that is underlined on the screen is flourish. And that's what this is about. It's about you and your families flourishing, being blessed, protected. When you walk with your kids, when you have fun with them, I'm not talking about going to their games. That's cool. That's cool. I think that, I, I love it that you do. I'm talking about knowing them as people and affirming them. I, I, dads, you know, authority, when authority speaks, negative words can cut like crazy. I mean, you think of your boss when they say something negative, it hurts and you go home and you talk to your spouse about it. When they say something positive, it's amazing the, the, the positive effect. You go home and talk about that too, right? Moms and dads are authorities. And when they hang out with their kids and they give affirmation, the affirmation is unbelievable. Dad, when you as an authority start to affirm your kid, something healthy is built in their hearts and their lives. When you tell them you believe in them, 
And listen, we're raising teenagers to let them go. So we can't just tightly guard everything as they get older. Here's, here's the deal, and I know this is delicate and there could be a whole sermon on this. We're teaching them to make good decisions. The older they get, we don't deal with them like they're little kids anymore. We help them make decisions, and if they make wrong decisions, we step in. But isn't the idea to launch them with the ability to navigate life themselves? And so I like that thought that someone, it was a title of a book called Hold Me While You Let Me Go. I like that thought when it comes to teenagers. That yeah, we're holding them, we're loving them, but we're helping them to be launched as well. And, 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 and that's a delicate balance and maybe, maybe more on that in a sermon to come someday. But I, I wanna leave you with this last video. This is the result of a dad and mom loving, giving, protecting, and walking with their child. The right input gives this kind of product. Take a look at this. You have a fascinating uh, background. You know what's amazing? A lot of, a lot of guys um, in your profession, you know what? They got girls waiting at the gates, at the hotels, all of this stuff. You grew up in a very religious family. You worked on a farm. Uh, you, did, you went on missionary trips to what, the Philippines mm-hmm. with, your, with your yeah. dad who was a missionary. Yeah. Uh, you prayed up until the minute you chose Florida. You know, where, you, where was the right place for you to be and where you should go. Um, and you did this all at a young age. How do, how, what is the difference between you and you see what's going on in, in football? Well, you've definitely done your research. Um, but I think for me, um, ever since I was a young boy, my dad used to always tell me, he said, you know, as a football player, you're going to be blessed with the platform. And when you have success on the football field, you know, people are going to look up to you. And, and they do with my success, you know, at Florida and being a first-round draft pick to the Denver Broncos. You know, I, I'm blessed with the platform. And I believe more than just a platform, it's a responsibility and obligation to be a great role model, to set a great example, because it's one thing to score touchdowns and win trophies and championships. But at the end of the day, that doesn't matter but if you can affect people if you can change people's lives if you can be a good role model someone that a, that a, a mom or dad can look to their son and say hey that's that's how you need to handle it then that's my ultimate goal and that's ultimately how I would define my life as having success if I can reach that if I can be a good role model like I had when I was young and, and Danny Werfel and Tony Dunchy and some great role models that I had no, Tony, but I guess the question I have is there's a lot of temptation in this world mm-hmm. you know there's especially if you were in the public eye and you are a rock star athlete like you are, you know, not everybody has your strength or your faith to guide you through that. Have you thought through how you're going to deal with all of that? Absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of temptation. And, you know, the longer this goes on with football and everything and, and, and being in the spotlight, you're going to have more and more temptation. I think uh, the number one way that you handle that is, is obviously by having a strong faith and relying on that and staying in the Word, but also by having a great support staff around you, by having friends that keep you accountable, by having, um, uh, you know, just everyone in my family to having, um, you know, everyone that's involved, um, my agents, everything, to getting all that support staff that believe in me and also going to keep me accountable and make sure I'm doing the right thing. All right, so what are your, what are your future plans? What are, you, what are you going to be doing from here? Well, um, I have several goals. Um, you know, my dream since I was a, a little boy was to be a quarterback in the NFL, and that's something I'm pursuing, and I'm working extremely hard to do that. And then also, um, I've started the Tim Tebow Foundation, um, and our goal is to bring faith, hope, and love to those needing 
needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need, and and that's that is my ultimate goal. You're still helping with the family orphanage that you have in the Philippines. I definitely am, and we're supporting over 600 orphanages. We're uh, we're building a, a a hospital in the Philippines. We got several Timmy's playrooms. We're we're really trying to make a difference because honestly, I want my legacy um, to be with the kids that I impacted, not in the football fields that I played on. Hey, the more Super Bowl rings you win, I would you argue more though. You're gonna have more impact. <laughs> yeah. Tim Tebow, Thank you're you. a great American. Appreciate Good to see you. God bless Thank you. God right, bless you. you. Tim Tebow, not ashamed of who he is in Christ and um, says it openly, but with a loving heart, not condemning. His mom and dad walked with him. I promise you, you, you don't get that happening unless uh, much without a mom and dad walking with him. At that, at that point in his life, so young and so grounded, and they're involved in his life in such a way that the love and the truth was impressed upon him and, and that's our goal, to walk with our kids in such a way that God's love and truth are impressed upon them.